Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Rich Reflex. This week we have the privilege of speaking to Sushan. Hi Sush. Hi Ray. Uh, and Sush is someone that I've had the privilege of, um, you know, learning directly from. I learned from Rachel too, so don't <laughs> let her fool you. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I get to watch her live her life as a leader, as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as a peer in her industry as well. Uh, and I'm so excited to have you here today, Sush, to share with us your journey, wisdom and insights. Um, Sushan has an impressive career spanning in the financial sector and she has held influential positions and is a prominent figure in the industry. Right now, as the group head of institutional banking at DBS Bank, Southeast Asia's largest bank, she has led strategic initiatives and played a pivotal role in the organization that has also had many successful transformations. So, welcome, Sushan. Thank you, Rach. Bef I learned as much from you. No, not at all. So. I don't know how much I learned from you. But I want to also um, have you share with us, especially for those of us, you know, who are just getting to know you. Could you introduce a little bit about yourself and the journey that has gotten you to where you are professionally today? Okay, so I'm Sushan. I'm a Singaporean uh, and uh, a career banker. Although along the way, I've had a few different uh, iterations. I've lived in different countries. Uh, I've worked in London. I've worked in Tokyo. I've worked in um, Hong Kong. Uh, I've been based in Singapore for quite a while, but I, I see my job as a global job. So it's uh, been really exciting. But although I've been in the same industry for many mm. years, uh, decades yeah. actually, it feels like I have been in different industries every few years. Yeah. And Ever so often, I've had to take steps back to take one step forward. Sometimes, you know, in life, it's life, right, Rach? You know, mm -hmm. life is not a straight line. Sometimes in life, linear. you take, yeah. life is not linear. Sometimes in order to take two steps forward, you have to take one step back to kind of reassess. And, and, and the financial industry has changed so much from the time that I started in 1990 till today. In 1990, was all physical. Uh, I was in the securities business. It was all face-to-face, phone-to-phone. Um, today, there's hardly, you know, it's all digital today. And markets have, have moved to a much faster speed. Mm. And along the way, just, just, just learning new things. I think um, mm. it's the learning that keeps everything fresh. At the crux of all this is really working with a company that has a great culture, mm. a great culture. Culture, as Peter Druckenmiller very famously said, yes. culture eats it's strategy, strategy for, for breakfast. And lunch and dinner, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and the thing is, in a business, you know, always work with a company that has a great culture. As a business leader yourself, Rach, you've built a great culture at Love Bonito, having that center of excellence, that sort of true north, North Star, where you know you empower people, you create livelihoods, you create wealth, you enable lives and enables people's careers as well along the way. And, and of course, you, you give your customers what they want and a joyful experience. That's all very important in creating a great culture. Yeah. And one thing that I know of you, Sushan, is that you are someone who really lives and breathes having a growth mindset. I know you even at the position that you're at today, you know, you still go to the level where your team is at, you sit with them and you learn from them. You were telling me you were just sitting with your engineers and asking them to teach you everything that, you know, they are doing and, and what they're working on as well. So I learn best by doing, mm. Rach. I think you do too. And I think 
everyone has to be for, uh, aware of their own propensity and how they learn. You yeah. know, like my, my kids learn better by listening. I, I learn by doing. Yes. <laughs> so knowing what my learning style. proclivity and style is, I find it easier to learn by doing. Mm. And a lot of things today, you know, we're always trying out new stuff, right? Whether you're trying out a new product, mm. a new user experience, whether you're trying generative AI, whether you're trying the blockchain, whatever you're trying, it's all new. Um, and so making experiments and, and being part of that whole experimental journey means you learn by doing and you're in there with your team. And if it fails, well, you were part of the failure. <laughs> if it succeeds, well, you're part of the, of, of the success. Yeah. But I think uh, nothing beats the whole learning experience of learning by doing and not being scared to do, right? And not being scared to make mistakes. I think some leaders feel like I'm the boss. I can't show myself to be wrong or to make mistakes or be vulnerable. But actually, heck, today, today's real life, you, even if you're the boss, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have to own your mistakes. You, yeah. I think, you know, bosses need to be humble mm. um, and learn from their juniors. I learn from my juniors all the time. I'm blessed to have very good teams, uh, uh, a very young, smart team um, who teach me every day. Awesome. And so is there a, like a leadership philosophy that you live by? The one non-negotiable thing? It's values, right? Mm. For me, that's just not negotiable. So having your true north, having integrity, that's the baseline, right? And, and as leaders, you have to make sure that there's no tolerance of nothing short of that. Mm. And then also make sure that it's okay to, to get things wrong. Make sure you set, set a culture where people will get things wrong, but they surface it quick. Yeah. Um, and you can deal with it quickly. And having a, a culture that doesn't always apportion blame or mm. hiding things, I think being just open and taking responsibility, taking accountability, uh, being humble, um, knowing what you don't know. I think a lot of times we know what we know and we, we kind of, that's our safety crutch. But yeah. in a time where things are changing so quickly, it's okay to say, hey, heck, I don't know, yeah. right? But I need to know. I know mm. what I don't know, I need to know. Or I find people who know to teach me. Mm. Or I find people in the team that bring in different perspectives to help to see things you don't see. Um, so I think a deep self-awareness is important because if you know what your personal bias is, your own proclivity, your own ability, then you surround yourselves with people people who are very different from yes. you. Maybe even people you may not necessarily get along with because you don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. But because they bring something so different to the table, yeah. you should pay, pay attention to what they say. Right? I really love that, Sush. Yeah. And, you know, and on the part where you talked about cultivating deep self-awareness, how do you do that? Especially because as a leader, right, sometimes maybe the teams, they struggle to give us honest feedback also about some of our blind spots or things like that. So what are some of the ways that you cultivate deep self-awareness? Make it okay for your team to tell you where you might have missed something or they don't agree with you. Actually, interestingly enough, at DBS, we have formalized the process. We call it the raccoon, which is rec, R W R E C K, something like a wrecking oh, okay. ball. Yeah. <laughs> but instead of a raccoon, it's a raccoon. Okay. So 
um, if like one of my juniors says, oh, I'm going to disagree with the boss and I'm going to wreck her idea, then he or she will say, hey, can I have a raccoon moment? Mm. I'm going to wreck your idea because I think it's crazy. I think it's bad. Mm. And so that gives them that safety, that, that psychological safety to say, I don't agree. I don't think it's a good idea and to speak up. In fact, we insist on people speaking up if they don't agree. Yeah. Because if they don't agree, and then later on we, we make the mistake and I, we say, oh, I, could, I, 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 I was going to tell you that. Not, yeah. I mean, like you didn't speak up when you should yeah. have, right? So I think we want to make it okay. We want to make it imperative that you do speak up when you don't agree. And then also then as a leader, when you receive that, raccoon right yeah. it's also like you how you, you respond yes. right yeah you know you can't say oh i you know what the heck i'm the yeah. boss do it my way yeah. no you you, have, you to. have to pay attention and, and and making that part of your your process as a leader and making it okay for your your younger colleagues to speak up i think it's important mm. i like to think that i do listen <laughs> um and i like to learn i think that's just a natural uh curiosity in me to learn i love to learn i think it's a a gift that you know, at work, we are paid to learn. Yeah. Uh, we're paid to experiment. It's 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 a lot of fun. And it keeps, you know, it keeps life interesting, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I was just speaking to this leadership coach from the US and then she has personally also coached top leadership in the US like Facebook uh, and basically a Fortune 500 leaders. And I was asking her, if is there one characteristic that you see common amongst the top leaders in America or just basically in the world? And she said, yes. They all have a spirit of curiosity. Oh, okay. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's what you just talked about. I mean, moving on, I also want to ask you, Sush, you know, what are some of the personal routines or habits that you have cultivated over the years that have also helped to contribute to your productivity and success? I have good days. I also have bad days. So I don't want to... To, to make it all sound great because it's not always great. But I'll tell you what, I, I, I insist on having good night's sleep. <laughs> it's a non-negotiable for non you. Yeah, I love I it. I need my beauty sleep. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and in fact, Ariana... But it's also deep self-awareness. Yeah. Right? Ariana mm -hmm. Huffington, I don't know what yes. you've read. I mean, she has this thing that she says, sleep your way to the top, which mm. I love because it really is physically sleeping, just having your you know, whatever hours you need, whether it's six or seven yeah. or eight, whatever it is, you know, you're, you're self-aware. And then when you wake up and you had a good night's sleep, you're ready to conquer the world. When you've had a bad night's sleep, you feel like crap the whole day, right? And then your team suffers, right? So, for sure. it's, so that's one, the baseline for me is adequate sleep. Mm. The second is to have physical activity. Mm. So if I don't have physical activity, I get very grouchy, Rach. You and don't like want what, to see daily? me. Oh. Um, no, at least sort of uh, three, four times a okay. week. So my, my, my assistant, she's great. Chris, she, she, she knows that if three days have passed and I haven't <laughs> hit the gym, she will make sure you put it in somewhere. In, yeah. To squeeze in a sneaky hour at the gym. It could be, you know, at lunchtime mm. or in the evening before I go home. I often try to take a, a run. We're, we're right next to Marina Bay, which is beautiful at night. So that also cleans my mind. Having a nice run uh, through gardens by the bay is just the best experience ever. Highly recommended. Mm. So I have make time for sleep and I make time for physical activity. Those are my true not negotiable mm. rituals. Yeah. And I love that because it's also really understanding what works for us as yes. individuals, right? For yes. you, it may be this too. For someone else, 
it may be something else and I think that's also very important to constantly go back to to keep us sane yeah. you know recently I was also listening to an interview by Indra Nui who was mm, Pepsi's yes. CEO for 12 years yeah. she was talking about balance and she was also saying that women sometimes we are disadvantaged because the age which we are you know having kids, giving birth, raising kids, it's also the same age where we are building the peak of our careers, yeah, right? Yeah. So, and she also talked about how she struggled with, yeah. you know, balancing that, her kids, her family, her husband. She said sometimes even her husband is not on her list of priorities. <laughs> but so she you knows. I think for, my husband will relate to that. <laughs> Last year, we celebrated you and Chris's 25th wedding anniversary. And I've also met your two beautiful kids, um, they're grown up. They have also a very close relationship to you and Chris. So how do you do it? So uh, I don't think that I've done it all. I don't think it's possible. The kids are a tribute to my mother who helped a lot when they were growing up. Uh, to Chris, my husband, who was a very hands-on dad. And to themselves. I mean, they were quite independent. Yeah. But I think as mothers who want it all, and we all want it all, who doesn't? Um, it's being able to prioritize, okay, this is important. This is kind of important if I can't do it. And this one, just give up. Yeah. Right? So there are buckets, right? So the must-do, the, the die-die must-do bits, which yeah. is, okay, you know, keynotes, key milestones in their lives. You know, it could be when they grow up, when they graduate, when they have, you know, their... Their, their, their crucible moments in school and their personal lives be there for them then there are those that if you're lucky you're there if you're not lucky then too bad you're gonna <laughs> let it go that will be things where the timing you cannot control mm. your baby's first steps mm. you might not be there for it because you're at the office yeah. <laughs> or you're at a crucial meeting yeah. it could be that your mom is there your husband's there the nanny's there they film it for you and you go hi <sighs> yeah and you're not there, you feel a little bit sad, but you know what? You can't control the timing of these things, right? Mm. Or when they have a fall, you may not be there. Mm. You just have to say, okay, that can't be helped, but I will be there as much in spirit as I am, as, as I am not physically. I will be there, I'll be, I'll be on the phone, I'll be on a video, whatever. And then there are those that you say, okay, no time, can't do, and just let go. And don't regret it because what's you know yeah you've no already point. you just 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 digest that you cannot be there accept it and move on right and that could be things like you know sometimes school meetings sometimes it could be you know participating in the parent teacher things mm. which if it's crucial you should go if it's not then you know let it go mm. or maybe some of the birthday parties that they want to go to or maybe some of the sporting events if there's a lot of sporting events you can't go to everything because you have to travel then there's some things you just have to say no but i remember um i missed my son's floorball tournaments throughout his entire two-year or one-year floorball session but the very last one he told me mom this is the very last floorball tournament i'm going to make so if you want to be there, it's this you know it. this Friday at three o'clock at this stadium, and you know be there if you want to. If not, I understand. Mm. And I had to have a meeting just before that, so I I, I it was luckily it was just a one-on-one -on -one meeting. So I asked the person to go with me, <laughs> and we had the meeting in the car on the way there, <laughs> so that I could still be there. Thank Aww. God my son's team won that tournament. You must have been so, so happy. I was so happy because yeah. I'd never seen a floorball tournament before. <laughs> I don't even know what floorball was, but 
that I was there, but I also kind of, you know, managed to capture the meeting as well before. Uh, so so you, it was a bit of a compromise, yeah. but you know, you 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 had to have you know colleagues who are understanding and willing to. You know, accept that you know yeah. sometimes you just have to do it, and I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, it takes a village, right? Yes, at home, yeah, like you yeah. said, you know, your mom, yeah. Chris, and then yeah. at work also, yeah. understanding yes. colleagues to help you, yes. you and great helpers as well, obviously, yes. right? Yeah. But were there moments? I'm so curious, Sush, where you maybe questioned yourself or doubted yourself, like, is this worth it? Um, there were, but you know, I think looking at how my kids have turned up, I yeah. think it was okay. Mm. But the one thing I say to young moms is trust your instinct. It's very interesting, and I, I shared this with um, with my kids as well. Sometimes, you know, as a mother, you kind of know instinctively when your child may need you. You know, trust your instinct, uh, and 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 create that bond with your child so that they call you first, or they call you or your husband first when things go wrong. Mm. Always be there for them, right? Mm. I was at a very important business meeting mm. when on an instinct that something was wrong at home. It was a weird instinct. It was sort of, I had this funny instinct that something was wrong at home. Wow. So I picked up the phone and I called, my kids were at my mom's, and I called my mom, and all I could hear was crying. And my niece, who was 10, picked it up, who was on the phone, said, Auntie Sushan, there's like so much blood. Oh I'm like, my. oh my God, what's going on? And my, my then one or two-year-old son had thought he was Superman and flew off the table and landed on his mouth and, you know, lost a couple of his teeth. He was crying. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, and for me, it was just this weird instinct, right? Mm. So I think the nature, mother nature is so powerful to give mothers that sort of natural instinct to, to be protective of their newborn or their wow. babies. And, and so I tell a lot of young moms, trust your instinct mm. when, you know, you think something is wrong with your kid or something. Trust your instinct, you know. My daughter and I also have, 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 have a lovely, you know, uh, bond. It, it changes as they grow older. Yeah. Um, as they get older, you're more like friends. Uh, she's someone I spar with a lot. I get a lot of insights around how young people think from her. <laughs> you know, what do they want? Exactly. You know, and digitally, how do they consume? Mm. Um, hopefully, she gets insights from me on how to navigate. You know, work or or, or life, uh, and we share a lot. As mm. you know, she's now it's a beautiful. young woman. I'm I'm an older woman, so <laughs> you know, we both have shared experiences, right? And I think that's also a great bonding. I think the bonds change as the kids evolve. I think as parents that we can give our kids that is priceless is make them feel safe. Know that they have a home safety net they can always go to that is no conditions, it's unconditional love and that strong safety net is always there for you. Whenever you need, just call. We will always be there for you. I think that gives that sort of baseline safety that children need, mm. especially when they're growing up. Uh, and then after that, you know, let them go, let them go find their, mm. find their groove, find, their, find what makes them happy, find what makes them, you know, come alive, come alive yeah. and then support it from behind. I, I really love that parenting advice, trust your instincts, um, especially for moms. Yeah. And also, do you have any advice for us, you know, working moms who are also trying to path our own ways and career? Any advice when it comes to marriage and relationships? Well, I think... You cannot over, I mean, it's communicate, 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 right? And make time. 
I say that, and I'm equally guilty of not making enough time. You know, husbands need to feel like they're important to you. They're yeah. important in your life, and they play a very big role. So even it's just little messages, you know, mm. that you you send to each other. Sometimes in the day, you send a little cute WhatsApp yeah. message, right? Yeah. It costs it, it costs you hardly any time. Yeah, but it goes a long way. Right? Or at least, you know, when you wake up and you say good morning with, mm. a, with a hug or you come back and you have a hug um, and, and, and you create that instant connection. It's actually quite efficient. <laughs> it doesn't, you I know, it. it's, it's, it's efficient, efficient, but it goes a long way. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, to not be scared to ask for help or for opinions. I think bouncing... I just, you know, when I've had a bad day, the first person I, I, I call is Chris, mm. you know, or sometimes I, it's my mom, but the first person I call or when I, or I've had an argument or something yeah. or whatever things go wrong, you know, yeah. it's always nice to have someone at home that you can wow. kind of share, download with. Yeah. It feels better, right, at the mm. end of the day. And, and, and also if your, your husband or your spouse knows that, oh, I'm being downloaded upon, yes. I have a role to play. Yes, you're important. You're important. Yeah. You're sharing. That's you're sharing something that, 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 that's important to you. My husband does not know what goes on in, in my work hardly and that's fine because it just takes too much time to explain <laughs> you know he knows when i've had a good day he knows when i've had a ah, bad day okay. he that's knows important. when i have crucial moments you know like oh this is an important day you know we're, we're meeting you know whoever or we're doing a big presentation he knows when it's an important day he knows i'm getting ready for stuff that's important sharing those important milestones and having him there and you know I have to say DBS is very uh, family friendly and they, yeah. they include spouses and children for a lot of milestone Events things too. Yeah. yeah and so that kind of brings the family together so you create lifelong relationships and partnerships because so much of our time is spent at work and not enough with families and so when you engender moments for you to bring a family together to you to, to melt it with your workplace yeah I think that's just magic right that's that Ha doesn't happen enough I guess for, yeah. for most of us and, and and I've seen your podcast with Leo and I think it shows oh great. you saw yeah I saw oh, that okay. yeah Sush, but that's such a good reminder and especially. he cringed when you asked him uh, oh yeah he said <laughs> Do I have, I don't know, how do I answer this and not be thrown out into the doghouse? Right? Oh, yes, yeah. it's true, yes. But a big thing in a marriage is laughter. Um, and Chris yes. and I laugh a lot together. I think humour just uh, binds my whole family. Mm. Um, but it's also so important, right? I will don't always underestimate remember that. Humor. Because at your 25th wedding anniversary, I asked Sushan, what is one wedding advice? I asked Sushan and Chris, and they both actually said the same thing, laughter. Yes. So what is your definition of success, and has that evolved over the years? Yes, it has. I think um, when you're younger, you know, rising up through the corporate ladder, um, it's success by, by title, it's success by uh, financial measurements, um, and I think as you evolve and you get older, success is measured more by kind of the imprints of you know the imprints on sand or, or the impact that you make. Of course, for your shareholders, you have to perform. For your clients, you have to perform. So you have to give them the financial impact that they expect or that you expect of yourself and your team. But ultimately, it's also about the, the, the non-financial impact that you're making to society around you. And if you're changing lives, uh, whether it's, you know, small impact, you know, helping 
uh, your younger staff or bigger impact where you're helping big businesses, you're, you're creating jobs, etc. I think those uh, are, are what you know, that purpose that binds you. I think you know success can be also defined by 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 creating a purposeful organization that leaves positive impact. And with the world also moving so quickly today, what do you think are some of the key and essential skills and qualities that we need in order to thrive? So other than curiosity to learn, it's an ag agility to adapt. Uh, the ability to know that things are going to change. When they change, nowadays they change so quick. Yeah. And it's okay not to know because not many people know. But know what you don't know. And as I said, surround yourself with information and people, ask questions, get people who know to help you, and then experiment and learn, right? So curiosity to learn, ability to adapt, and creativity. Mm. I think creativity is underappreciated uh, in this day and age, but with the advancement of technology, the rise of um, generative AI, the rise of the blockchain, that sort of importance of human creativity and the fact that humans still crave personal connectivity mm. and businesses that recognize both I think will thrive. One other aspect I think is resilience. There's so much noise out there in social media. There's so much uh, instancy of everything, yeah. right? You launch a product instantly, you either succeed or fail. The feedback is instant. And sometimes it can be quite hurtful. Uh, sometimes when you see social media, the, 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 you know, the, the whole response loop uh, can get out of whack, negative and positive. Uh, sometimes there's you know, fake news, etc. So I think the ability to build an innate resiliency to, to all that noise, the digital noise, because if you let it affect you, it can really affect your self-esteem yeah. and your own confidence. Uh, so building up that resiliency to say, okay, that's just noise, I'm just going to soldier on, right? Mm. That's important. Uh, the ability to also sift out what's true to what's just noise, especially now as we move into an era of generative AI, uh, and generative AI can be prone today to hallucinations, which are not truths. Um, the ability to look at that and go, mm, you know, to question it, to be more circumspect, and to not always accept that everything you read is correct <laughs> and true, true yeah. to learn to question, to be resilient, and to move forth even with all this noise around you and all this need for instant fulfillment and all that, just to, to, to stay true to yourself. I think that's important mm. today. Mm. How would you advise, especially for those of us distinct, how would you advise us to, to develop resilience? So I often say, to rise above the noise, right? Mm. How do you rise above the noise? You could get sucked in by all the negative noise and all the instant you know, need for response and all that. You could get sucked in and then get into a whirlstorm and, and a maelstrom of, of negativity. Or you could try and rise above it. You could choose not to instantly respond. Your personality might be to instantly get angry and react. respond and yeah. react. But if you could take a chill pill, <laughs> take a minute to breathe, mm. maybe see their perspective. Maybe they were right to be angry. Maybe they had a point. Maybe they didn't have a point. Whatever the situation is, take a step back. Look at the situation as an independent third party, not involved. Maybe get 
you know, have a little, you know, kitchen cabinet of independent, your own personal board of independent directors yes. whom you trust to tell you the unvarnished truth. Sushan, in this case, you are wrong, mm. okay? Mm. Eat humble pie. Or Rach, maybe you didn't see that point of view. They had a point of view when they criticized you. Maybe, right? Have that independent voice of reason who will tell you the unvarnished truth, even if it's hurtful to yourself. Then take time to think about your reaction. Then when you're ready, react. I, I think, you know, we all will have work crises, life crises, family crises, whatever. When you get into that crisis mode, that negative mode, rise above it, get independent, objective, unvarnished truth from people you trust, then react. What do you think, Sush, are some of the key challenges that you think the workforce will face in the coming years? So I think there will be a few key challenges. One is I talked about it, which is the rise of generative AI um, and uh, how that could affect many white-collar jobs. A lot of repetitive jobs, a lot of jobs uh, that are done by, by humans today uh, will be replaced by machines. Why? Because the machines are better and much faster yeah. and frankly cheaper and, and, and therefore more, more efficient and more effective. So I worry that some of the jobs that are in existence today will disappear and when they go, they go fast. Mm. So I worry about, you know, potentially uh, unemployment of our graduates or our highly skilled young people because they might be skilled for something that will disappear tomorrow. But that's okay. I mean, when I've, I, I've been in banking and I've, I, I have done jobs that don't exist You've today. the waves, yeah. <laughs> right? But the thing is to be able to see the trend coming mm. and have a backup plan. Yeah. So that if your current job looks like it could be replaced by a machine, quickly, you know, download <laughs> your skills future, you know, learn a new skill, adapt and learn. So, yeah. um, you know, so I do worry about jobs changing. But I think, as I said, if we're resilient, we're willing to learn, curiosity to learn, and willing to, to, to take a step back sometimes in your career to learn a new skill so that you can take two steps forward, do it. Mm. So what else do I worry about? I also, well, I talked about you know social media and resiliency. Yeah. I worry sometimes that our youth are mentally a little bit more fragile nowadays. And that fragility um, needs to be addressed both in schools uh, and socially and by parents and, and to build that inner resiliency to let people know it's okay, right? It's okay not to be okay, but recognize it and get help and get help early. I'm glad to see that so many people now are becoming counsellors, professional counsellors in schools, psychologists, um, just building that inner resiliency, addressing the fragility, and have, having those support groups, yeah. um, I think is important. I met some young people in Singapore. They, they set up a company called Limitless, mm. which I think is an awesome organization. Mm. And, and they are doing that. They're precisely addressing that issue. Um, and there needs to be more people like that to, to, to help young people. Mm. And Sush, before we end, is there is there something else that you want to share or talk about that I missed asking you? Actually, you did miss asking me anything, Rach, but I would like to flip uh, and, and ask you some questions, right? <laughs> and I thought so... you were rushing for time. <laughs> so, Rach, you're, you're, you're an entrepreneur that, you know, you've gone from nothing to this great, you know, business, uh, you know, 
empire builder. Uh, and yet you're so real. I mean, you know, a lot of women and men see you as someone so relatable. You're like, you know, the girl next door that we can all relate to. Uh, you've been incredibly open about your vulnerabilities, you know, when you had your ectopic pregnancy last year. How have you been able to be a business leader in this new economy, navigating a very fast-moving FMCG yeah. business and global domination. You just opened a store in New York. You try new things yeah. in Hong Kong. Um, whenever I share something new in tech, you adopt it or yes. or not. But you we know, listen, we have a yeah. we have a good conversation around it. Yeah, you know, and yet go through all those personal mm. uh, life crises uh, and still remain smiling. Mm. What keeps you going? And and and, and then to do this <laughs> on top of do you have? <laughs> on top of on top of everything else that's going on in your life, right? Mm. So I want to turn the tables and ask you mm. those questions. I am so grateful to have a great team in Love Bonito. I definitely didn't build this by my own strength. Yes. And I love what you said. That's why for me, one of the key things is to surround myself with people smarter than me in different disciplines and Very in different good. areas. I get that. And yeah. I hire them, as you know, yeah. the team, Dion yeah. and the likes of the leadership yeah. team. They're so differently able than me and they can do things that I never can. And that is why it makes a great team. Yeah. And I constantly surround myself with people like that through the different stages of the business um, to push boundaries together, to grow together. Oh, that's fantastic. Then secondly, I think is that deep self-awareness to constantly work on myself, to do the inner work. I really believe in self-mastery, self-leadership. Before I can think of leading other people, I need to first learn to lead myself. Mm -hmm. I need to manage, lead, master my emotions. What are my strengths, my inclinations, my weaknesses, my triggers? Why do I have all of that? Work through it. Um, and I think then I can be a better leader at home, at work. Uh, and I think that's what I spend a lot of time on, mm. be it through, you know, having a life coach or like seeing a therapist to talk through a lot of, um, to help me untie a lot of knots that mm. I have inside to give me like a different perspective. Like what you said, right? It's almost like a challenge network, a personal board of directors that I yeah. go to that you know, I make sure I don't surround my, I don't sit in an echo chamber. Yes. Where everybody of yes just, men. And yes of men. yes men, yeah. right? Yeah. I go to people who have the guts to be honest and tell me, like you said, the unvarnished mm. truth. Yeah. And I think that's the fastest way that I can learn yes. and grow. Yes. And because I really believe that everything rises and falls on leadership. Yeah. The better Absolutely. you are as a leader, yeah. the better... The organization. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I really believe in and spend a lot of time on, which is also why I choose to do this passion project, which reflects. Because for me, it's also coming out to really share openly about my struggles, my lessons, to hopefully encourage someone out there that, hey, she doesn't have it all and she's learning along the way. Yeah. And these are maybe a few tips that I can maybe you know see if they might be useful for me and then to also have thought leaders like yourself to be able to generously come and share about your journey to inspire the rest of us so this is why rich reflex is really a passion project that's so close to my heart over the last two decades you know for me i believe in empowering women 
And last two decades was primarily through fashion and the business, mm. Ponito. Yeah. And the next decade, I'm asking myself, what else can I do? Yeah. That's what I hope to be able to continue to. Yeah. And I see that you are growing the community. You're encouraging their growth as well. And you're evolving with them. Yeah. So, well done, Rach. No, thank you, Sush. Um, but before that, I want to ask you a last question. Yes. What is one advice that you have for us women that are also on our journeys of, you know, reaching whatever success means to us and also pushing boundaries and living our fullest potential? So stay true to yourself, but build that inner resilience, build that inner strength um, and uh, learn, 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 unlearn, relearn. Yeah. Just keep going. And also know that sometimes, you know, when life throws you a lemon, take that step back. Mm. Uh, and whilst you're making lemonade and learning how to make lemonade, <laughs> you know, draw, draw support and resilience from people around you who can be that voice of inner strength. Mm. Um, and then go forth and conquer. Wow. And what you said reminded me of this quote. They said that the illiterate of the 21st century is not someone who can't read or write. But there's someone who can't learn, learn. unlearn and relearn. Oh, so fantastic. Thank you for the reminder. Thank you so much again, Sushan, for being here and for sharing so generously with us. Um, please let us know what are some of your key takeaways that you have from this episode. And of course, Sush, where can we follow you on, on your journey? You're not so active on social media. But... I'm not uh, active on social media, <laughs> you're right. But I do have a pretty active LinkedIn oh, profile. Oh yes, that's it's, right. It's a little bit work-centric, but I try to sometimes put in stuff that I'm doing whether it's you know uh, in, in philanthropy or in fun mm. stuff not a lot of fun stuff mm. I have to say but <laughs> a lot more work stuff but I will try and interspace it with more fun stuff yes. going forward and so it's Tan Sushan on LinkedIn thank you so much Sushan thank you to all of you for tuning in thank see you, you.